to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. You know, before, we're, we're dealing with divine health, eh? And I was thinking of the following scripture before coming in for second service. I thought about it in between first and second service. So, John 10, and I want you to see the argument from verse 32. There's something that Jesus says, which is incredible. So John 10, and I want us to see from verse 32. And this verse reminds me of the discussion that we were having yesterday when I was training, because yesterday we had a training for the church on evangelism. And some people reported how that they've been getting insults from people because of how much they talk about church, their they're being seen as people who are overdoing it. And now I want you to see what Jesus says here. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of these works do you stone me? Imagine that. He says, I've done so many good works. For which of these ones are you stoning me for? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man make yourself God. Hold on there. It shows you that the moment people begin to investigate their divinity, there will be some retaliation of some sort. There will be some persecution of some sort. The moment you find even what's written in the scriptures about you, and you begin to take it as yours, people will think you're trying to be too divine. You're human just like all of us. But Jesus gave them a very interesting answer. Interesting, his answer, he didn't even take them to the New Testament. Interestingly, Jesus gives them the following answer. He says, is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? I don't know if somebody is following what Jesus is saying here. 
they are telling him the problem right now is that you being man is making yourself God. And then Jesus says, but is it not written even in your law that you are God? Do you dare to go into the depths of the scriptures and see who you really are? Or is this a little too extended? No, but I can tell you are catching it. I don't know if you're getting my point. And then he says, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Notice, he says, for them, just because the word of God came to them, he called them gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, what do you say of him? whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world. So they were called gods because the word of God came to them. Eh? Can I show you another scripture? Is somebody following so far? I hope first, people, first service people are not complaining. They always complain that I add on one scripture. <laughs> Let's go to the book of 1 Peter. So remember, he called them gods because what? The word of God came to them. Now here's what the Bible says about you. 1 Peter 1.23, and I'm going ahead of myself because right now I'm four sermons ahead. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, so meaning this birth is not of Adam's seed. This one is not of Adam's seed. It says, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. What more will you say about somebody who's actually been born of the word? It's beyond them receiving it. They've actually been born of the word. What would you say about them? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about divine health. And last week, we began to look through the scriptures and we went in the Old Testament. And we looked at how the fall of man brought about calamity because it brought a curse to the ground. And you can see that when you read Romans 8, 19, 20, 21, especially from the NLT, you see that the ground was cursed because of Adam's sin. And one of the things that the fall of man did is that it also unleashed Satan to have authority on earth. Now, many have wondered how Satan got that authority. Firstly, you can prove he got that authority by reading the temptation of Jesus in the book of Luke. You'll notice Satan tells Jesus, all these things were given to me. Now we know those things were given to man. And then he's, he went, he went boasting, I can give whoever I want. It's understanding that that will help you understand why in the Old Testament he could do what he did to Job. Right now, he wouldn't even dare show himself there. The Bible is very clear. It says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And then he says, I give you authority. That's the authority Job didn't have. You should read that. That's Luke 10, 19. That's why I always tell people, when you're studying the Bible, understand what's written for you and what's written to you. Okay? But that's a story for another day. Now, interestingly, he begins to manifest this thing. And one of the things that he brings about is sin and sickness. Okay? 
Now, when you read Romans 12, Revelations 12, and verse 12, we find something interesting about Satan. And please, this part, it may look like I'm cruising, but you'll understand, because I'm just giving you an introduction. It says, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. How many of you ever heard of a statement, a mad dog? Who's ever heard of that statement, a mad dog? We once, I think my closest experience to that was there was a dog that had gotten old where we used to live at some point. And I don't know what got into that dog that day, but I hear it beat seven, like anyone it was meeting, it wanted to bite. And I think it beat somebody from close by. By the end of the day, it was shot because it was no longer fit for living. It had reached a point of madness. It was angry at the whole world. It was angry at everyone. That's how Satan is. There are some people who think, okay, maybe if I'm not over praying and maybe I'm not like over speaking in tongues and over reading the Bible, then Satan will just leave me alone because we may not like each other, but at least we'll be at peace. We'll be... There's nothing like a cordial, listen, there's nothing like a cordial relationship with Satan. The Bible is very clear. It says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. So I hope you're hearing me. He's, he's like that mad dog. And he's angry because he knows his time is short. He knows his punishment is already set. So he wants some people to feel pain. Some people think that in hell, like Satan will be bathing in fire, like enjoying himself, dancing. No, that thing was made as a punishment for him. And that's why he wants to inflict pain on people. And you'll notice that the dispensation that was released when Adam sinned was a dispensation called death. You see that when you read Romans 5 verse 14. I hope you're following. This, is, this introduction is necessary. In Romans 5.14, the Bible says, Death reigned from Adam to Moses. So if you're studying dispensations from Moses, what's the dispensation? It's the law. Right? Right? <laughs> That's why it says from Adam to Moses, what reigned? Death. Then after Moses, what was given? The law. And then Jesus at the communion said, now this is the new covenant in my blood. Okay. Hallelujah. <laughs> and why was John the Baptist called the greatest prophet? Firstly, he was the last prophet of the Old Testament, right? Even though his story is found in the New Testament section of the Bible. But the new covenant hadn't yet started. That's why Jesus said, the smallest in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Story for another day. Remind me when the services are no longer one hour. We're going to detail. So death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. What does this mean? Because the one man sinned, death now began to reign. And everybody else, they didn't need to sin like Adam to inherit his sin because his seed was corrupted. 
Have you observed that? And if you study in the scriptures, uh, his wife only conceived after the fall. So the seed was corrupted. That's why Peter is very deliberate when he says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. I hope you're following me. Say, I'm catching this. Come on, say it. I'm catching it. Now, in addition to that, you'll notice when you read the scriptures that sin and sickness seem to get along. They seem to be used a lot in the similar context. I can show you a few examples. Exhibit A, Psalm 103. So I hope you followed the brief history lesson. Now, at this point, death is reigning. This, we're now in, we're in the Old Testament. Death is reigning. Satan is now bombarding his terror on people. And we see that apart from sin, what he loves to bring is sickness. Look at this. Psalm 103 from verse 1. The Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Were you, were you singing, oh, my soul in your head? <laughs> That's why I don't like, like, you know, when I'm preaching and then the keyboard player is playing a song. Because I was once in a service, and the guy on the keyboard was so good. And then he was playing songs we all knew. And then the preacher is preaching, and then this guy on the keyboard is, let it rain. By the, t- I don't <laughs> By the time the preacher reached half his sermon, all of us were, open the flood. I said, never. <laughs> Not with me. <laughs> and the guy said, going through the whole Michael W. Smith album, you know, <laughs> from that one next to go, healing rain is falling down. <laughs> And then some of us have heard the album. So anyways, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, do what? Worship his holy Yeah, bless his holy name. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Notice, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Some? Some diseases? A few diseases? You know, if we can upgrade our faith to believe the same way we believe, that when we say, Lord, forgive me, he forgives all sins, then he can also heal all diseases. But observe here. And do you ever hear God say, no, I will not forgive those sins because that one is too young or that one is too old or that one is too youthful. So he can heal in old age as well. He can heal in young age as well. Now, Observe yet again that the iniquities, which are sins, and the diseases are in the same text. Let me show you another example. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. What are transgressions? These are outworked sins, right? He was bruised for our iniquities, sin, yet again, except more from the inside. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Do you see the correlation yet again? He talks about sin, and he decided not to end the sentence. He goes on to mention, by his stripes we are healed. Now, I'm not suggesting that if a person here is having challenges with their body, then they've sinned. Because we're already sure that it was one man's sin. But in the same way, another man's righteousness... Another man's righteousness. 
You can see that when you keep reading this verse, this chapter. Go to verse 8. Let me just show you. Verse 8. Okay, he was taken from judgment. And who declares generation? Talking about Jesus. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for his sin. But what does the Bible say? He shall see his seed. Earlier, what was said when we read in Peter? Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. So he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the labor of his soul. Who's the labor of his soul? you and I, and be satisfied. And it says, by his knowledge, my righteous servant would justify many. To justify means to acquit and make righteous. So the same way one man's sin brought about all this stuff to everybody, this man's obedience, what does it do? It justifies many. Praise the Lord. And another scripture that can show you that one of Satan's tools which he really brought about was sickness is when you read John 10 and verse 38, Acts 10 and verse 38. And what does the Bible say about Jesus? It says, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He called it an oppression of the devil. For God was with him. Listen, if you ever want to know the will of God over a matter, study how Jesus addressed it. Because Jesus was the will of God in the flesh. Praise God! Hallelujah. Now, I've given you that history to show you the kind of dispensation those in the Old Testament were in. You would almost think it was hopeless for them. And yet, in that period, there are still some men who decided, saying, you know what? I can have a better life than this one. There are still some men who experience a certain favor of God, which when you study will blow your faith away and will cause you to believe God for greater. Let's look at a few. Number one, Enoch. You guys should write a song about Enoch, not just all the time. <laughs> so you guys admire those things. <laughs> I have no idea what that song is about. And then, and you know, and, would, and when we'd be sung in high school, oh my goodness, they would get the shortest guy and they would start carrying. <laughs> By default. <laughs> okay. Praise God. So you've sung about Yona, you've sung about Paulo Nasila. Who else wants to sing about Enoch? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I need to get a certain memory out of my mind. For some re I really love the Paulo Nasila one. But the problem is that I first heard it in a very 
like interesting moment. There was somebody who wasn't well, so I was invited to pray for them. But like they had invited like a long list of pastors. So I was like on the queue waiting for the other pastors to finish. So, <laughs> so now the other pastors, I don't know, their ethics were a bit different. So like the man was really, really in a bad condition. And then they told him, you are now fine. Like he had no choice but to agree. And they told him to stand up and die. So he stood up and they started, Paulo de Silva, Pimbela. I remember if it was, Moyoanga, 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 Sangalala. Guys, are you serious? <laughs> okay, uh, I bet he. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Now let's, let's sing about Enoch. What's the song about Enoch? <laughs> Genesis chapter 5. You can write one about Enoch. If God didn't want you to know about Enoch, you wouldn't have put it in the Bible. So now, let's start from verse 21. So this is the genealogy of Adam. You know those parts of the Bible people skip? You know those Adam begot, <laughs> Seth begot. Those are the ones people skip a lot. Yeah, you can find a lot of stuff in them. The Bible says Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. How many of you know Methuselah was the oldest, the guy who lived the longest years? Eh? That's what I was saying. There's something about Enoch. How does he even produce somebody who lives the longest years? And so Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. What a description of his life. His, his life is not described as just any Jim and Jack who lived. He didn't just exist. The guy walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So he was living a life like everybody else. But there was something special. There was something unique. He walked with God 300 years and something happened. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God, for God took him. Yes, you, you, you just heard what I just read. Like when they were giving like the final description of Enoch, they're like, Enoch, um, God took him. No, and this is repeated in the New Testament. When we're given the whole of faith, it's actually the first human mention, right? Go to Hebrews 11. Look at verse 3. That's why I'm saying Enoch wouldn't listen to some sermons preached today. He would say, those are for those. <laughs> I'm serious. And so, notice, it says, by faith we understand that the worlds, the ions, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. There's a very interesting lessons here. Very interesting lesson. That you can also frame your own world by the word. Okay? And then it says, Abel offered, Abel was first, yeah. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying, God gave a testimony about Abel. Of his gifts, that through it, he being dead, still speaks. Then Enoch comes in. It says, by faith, Enoch was taken away. Now, this is a period where death reigned, right? 
But here's what happened to Enoch. He was taken away so that he did not see death. So if you're to sit down with Enoch, he doesn't know what it feels like to die. No, let's, that's just the way it is. That was the way it was for Enoch. And he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony. He had a testimony about him. And what was his testimony? He pleased God. How? And then what, what's the amplification of this testimony? It's the next verse. It says, for it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, you can't please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. What am I trying to say? I'll give you an example of myself. If somebody comes to me and they are trying to test me, even the motivation reduces. I receive messages in my inboxes, like I, when, I, when I go through my inboxes, if you are truly a man of God, then tell me about it. Ah, I, don't even, I don't even check. Mark has read. You continue. <laughs> then the next day, the same person will send you an insult. It doesn't bother you. Then there's that person who says, man of God, pray for me. I know when you pray, it will be well. Hey! <laughs> Listen, <laughs> ask that woman, the one who told all the servants, move, move, move. Elisha and I, we've got a, Elisha knows me. She just gave birth to the child and said, Elisha, you know what to do. <laughs> Elisha just said, God. <laughs> that happened with Elijah, that happened with Elisha as well, right? Except Elisha, he went and they're like, what am I trying to say? Just myself, if a person comes to me belittling me, there's very little they can get from me. If somebody comes genuinely to learn, they will unlock the teacher experience. What does the Bible say? If you come to God, you must, you must believe that he is. So imagine you come to God believing that he's the sustainer. You come to God believing that he's the provider. You come to God believing that he's the giver of life. I don't know what, Enoch must have believed something about God. And he came to him that, believing that he is. And then he didn't just believe that he was. He believed that he's a rewarder. There's something he gives to those who diligently seek him. If I was using the Nyanja translation, would say, Enoch lowered death. <laughs> have you ever watched a boxing match? <laughs> and then the other guy is punching. <laughs> And the guy just keeps doing, ta, 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 come on, do, give me another one. And, and the guy keeps missing. You know why? <laughs> He's lowered. <I> don't <laughs> Praise God. So from today, that's your new nickname, Lowered. Okay. Now, this guy in that dispensation was able to do something extraordinary. And we know that it was not just about the sovereignty of God because the Bible is clear that there is a testimony he had. He pleased God. Praise God. Praise God. There is a reason why Abraham's faith is commended. Isaac is not commended for having faith to be born. 
It's Abraham's faith who is commended for giving bread. Meaning there is something Abraham did that provoked a higher level of blessing. Somebody say glory. glory. So Enoch, right? Number two, Abraham. Abraham. Somebody say Abraham. Now, I want us to remember the dispensation these guys were in. And in Genesis 18, and I want us to see verse 10, and we're going to read up to somewhere 13, 14, but I would like us to read it from the message translation. I want us to see this. Genesis 18. So the Bible says... Can I have the message? Now, this is Abraham having a conversation with God. And the Bible says, one of them said, I'm coming back about this time next year. And when I arrive, your wife Sarah will have a son. Now, Sarah was eavesdropping. Okay? If we are to be very honest. I don't know if that's what wives do, but Sarah was... By the door, like, listening to what God was saying to Abraham. And then Abraham and Sarah were old by this time, very old. Sarah was past the age for having babies. Let's bring a bit of context here. Number one, Sarah, when she was young, she was barren. Now she was even old. So, meaning there was even menopause that had hit. That's just a bit of context. So now the problem was not just barrenness. The problem was now that she was old. That's why she made the following comment. She said, and the Bible says, Sarah laughed within herself. An old woman like me, get pregnant with this old man of a husband. <laughs> Meaning the trouble now was no longer just Sarah. The trouble was also Abraham's body. How do we know? Oh, by the way, God answered Sarah in verse 15 saying, is anything too hard for the Lord? So you may be asking yourself, look, pastor, you don't know how long this thing has been there. You don't know how long this condition has been there. You don't know how my bloodline is. You don't know how people of blood group this, how it works. Is anything too hard for God? Now notice when you read Romans 4 and you see a further description of Abraham in verse 19. The Bible says, and I want us to see this. Romans 4 verse 19. The Bible says, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. You can take me back to the New King James, please. I think it's the NIV which says he did not consider the importance of his own body. In short, by this stage, the problem was no longer just with Sarah. It was with Abraham as well. Guess what? <laughs> by the next year, they had a son. Eventually, that son grew. He was even almost sacrificed. A lot of things happened. <laughs> he had to have an awkward conversation with the father when coming back from the mountain. <laughs> So, Dad, I know you're the father of faith, but surely. <laughs> and after that awkward conversation, um, eventually, 
the gentleman didn't even have that much game, so the father had to find him a wife and literally had to pray and had to, not just any angel, the angel of the Lord had to go before him for Isaac to have a wife. Anyways, we'll discuss that at the next... Uh, the, 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 we're having a men's meeting this week, right? Yeah, some of the men. We don't know what the problem is. We don't know whether we need to <laughs> declare the archangel of the Lord. Surely... <laughs> You want to see the girl for eight, nine years before you propose? No, we're not allowing that. After this meeting this week, Balezifika, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> for those who are single, who train them so, who train them so much. That if by 10 hours they end a relationship, 14 hours, Mbale Zafika. <laughs> you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Sunday engagement. Then life goes. <laughs> okay, guys, let's know. Back to this, back to this. So if you're not in the men's group, I don't know what you're waiting for. Now, interestingly, after he does all those things, even finds his son, Sarah died. Now, let's not forget Abraham had been important. But look at Genesis 25, verse 1. Hey! This one is going to be a hey moment. The Bible says, Abraham again took a wife, and her name was Keturah. In case you didn't know, after Sarah died, Abraham also married Keturah. And this is what the Bible says. And she bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, Shua. Something must have changed about the metabolism of Abraham. How does he go from being important to fathering all these children? And it wasn't in a space of one year. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. And by the time he was dying, the Bible says he was full of years. Give me that verse. It says he was full of years. Full of life. He even prepared his house in order. He gave gifts to these ones. Gave gifts to that one. Gave gifts to that one. You see that in, Abra in Genesis 25 verse 8. He died a good old age. An old man full of years and was gathered to his people. And this is the one who is the father of faith. That's our ancestor. And you think we're going to permit any of you to die young. forbid. Not true. Not true. You may be saying, but pastor, I know someone who believed like this and it didn't really work out. Then you owe it to them for it to work out for you. Surely you owe, them, you owe it to them. Surely. Finally, Moses. I'm just showing you examples of people in the Old Testament who decided that the order of the day was not going to be theirs. The Bible is very deliberate about a certain description of Moses, and I'll give it to you from two verses. 
Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. Let's start with the New King James. This, the day you read it, it will make you decide that you will never have, you, you will refuse to say no with age, will come BP, will come this, refuse that. Not true. Here's what the Bible says about Moses. And I usually quote this scripture. It's where when I'm praying for someone who's elderly and they're not well. It says, because you know, the scriptures give us a lifeline. They give you something to hold on to. It says, with long life, I'll satisfy him. So it's not just long life, it's satisfactory. And it says Moses was 120 years old. How many years? How many years? Aha. Uh -huh. And you should be in a midlife crisis at 19. So, uh, far be it from you. So Moses was 120 years old when he died. And his eyes were not dim. No, his natural vigor diminished. It could have just said he was 120 years old when he died. But there's a reason the rest was added. He knew that there'll be somebody like Frederick who come and read and say, hey, hey, so I can also have this. It says his eyes were not dim and his vigor was not diminished. Maybe that my words are. Let's use another translation. I've not even used KJV because it's, KJV says his vigor was not abated. Okay, <laughs> let's have the message. Moses was 120 years old when he died. Listen to this. This is you. His eyesight was sharp. <laughs> and he still walked with a spring in his step at 120 years old. Maybe that's not enough. NLT. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Notice, the Bible says, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear, and he was as strong as ever at 120 years old. It, it doesn't shock me. You know why? Moses had seen too much. Moses had encountered the very word of God. And guess what? You come to 1 Corinthians 3, and we are told that that was a lesser covenant. And what we have access to now. Moses had encountered God like this. You can encounter God like this. It says, he that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all, we can ask or imagine, according to his power, that worketh within us. He's now in us. Moses encountered him like this. And it was a lesser glory according to the scriptures. And yet, look at what it did to him. One twenty years old. At, the age, at an age above 80, the man could go 40 days and nights without eating. The man was climbing mountains past 80. You know what? See, oh, guys, we need another match. We need to show those guys. I don't know if you're getting married. I said, at 120 years old, his figure was not abated. I don't know how much you're willing to believe God for. It's up to you. And she was a man very wrinkled. I don't know. Some, there was something fresh about him. And wasn't that the case with Caleb? Didn't he say, I was 40 years old when the Lord, when I was, I don't know, I was 40, 45 when the Lord spoke. At 85, he said, I'm still as strong as I was then. And this was in the old covenant. 
Ladies and gentlemen, very quickly, I can just show you that this was not just given to individuals. There was a time an entire nation was given this. Psalm 105 verse 37. The Bible says he brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes. And if you read it from the, from the NLT, the Bible says, give me the NLT very quickly. There were no sick or feeble people among them. An entire nation got to experience such preservation that firstly, he brought them out loaded with silver and gold. Let's not forget the loaded part. It's in the verses for, it's in the scriptures for a reason. I don't, maybe you don't want it, it's in the scriptures for me, if that's the case. But all I, all I know is that the guy was, they were loaded. As in, all of them were loaded. It wasn't just one person. I was like, God, if you can do that for a nation, you can do that for the church. Imagine the kind of projects we'll be doing. <laughs> Where we'll be competing. It will be about whose internet is faster in terms, of, in terms of purchasing the item. You know, these guys were so loaded, there was a time when they called for an offering. And Moses had to tell them, guys, get your offerings back. It, this is enough. <laughs> he said, this is enough. Get it back. And it says, there are no, take me back to NLT. And we are told none was sick, none was feeble, none was weak among them. If he can do that for millions, surely he can do that for his church. He can do that for his church. And when you read in the book of Exodus 15:26, in that covenant, which was even of a lesser glory, he made them a promise. He said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what's right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and his statutes, I'll put none of the diseases on you which I've brought on the Egyptians, for I'm the Lord who heals you. A younger generation was taught the same in Deuteronomy 7.15. It says, the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known, but will lay them on those who hate you. Very interesting portions of scripture. Now, why have I shown you all this? When reading that, you should read it with the following mindset. Hebrews 11.39 describes, the, in Hebrews 11, we are shown the whole of faith. And all these guys I've said are there. There's Abraham, there's Enoch, there's Moses. But we're taught something about them. We are taught that all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Imagine, all those stories we've read about in the old were not actually the promise. Even when Jesus came, that was not the promise. Hey, I hope no one is going to look at me and say, why, why am I saying that? Because in Acts 1, after he resurrected, he said, wait for the promise. Isn't that what he said? And then when you read what the Bible says about Emmanuel, it doesn't say Emmanuel would be the promise. It said Emmanuel would be the sign. So the sign shall be given. Meaning the sign was God with us. The promise, God in us. That's why it says the mystery, which has been hidden throughout all generations, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Anyways, that's just a bit of... And it says all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. But what does it say? God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Brethren, what if we dared to believe for higher levels? What if we dared to believe like Enoch did? What if we dared to believe that what Moses experienced could happen to all of us? 
What if we dared to believe that what Abraham experienced, what, there could be somebody here and there's something wrong with your body, and yet it can be changed not just for a moment, not just for you to manage the situation, but it can be changed completely and the course of your life can be changed from then on. What if we dared to believe that we can experience even something greater? God is a rewarder of those that believe that he is and those that diligently seek him. And I believe he's a sustainer. I believe he's the keeper. I believe he's the healer. And I believe he's the one who sustains us in health. Praise God. I'll tell you this. All those people we read about, it was impossible for them to die before their time. It was impossible. Abraham, how? Imagine it's been read in heaven and they're saying, Michael, no, it's not possible. How? And if anyone wants to make a mistake and go there, they say, go back. What are you doing here? <laughs> Anyways, is there anyone who's not born again and would like to give their lives to, Lord, to the Lord, both those who are watching online and those who are in the audience? For those who are watching online, there's a form on our caption which says if you want to be born again fill in this form i'd want you to fill it in for those who are in this room right now and you know your life is not straight with god imagine you've got an option to have peace with god he's actually given you the choice for that because he said i've said before you life and death choose life and this very moment you can be born again this very moment you can be part of the kingdom of god you may have backslidden this very moment you may be restored there is anyone who that's them raise your hand i want to pray with you i'll give you a moment you can just raise it high i don't know who you're all looking at just raise it i'll give you a moment i'll give you a moment okay wonderful okay if there's no one here then we'll use the online audience as well and from the online audience please fill in the form okay but you can also write on the chat if you're maybe unable to fill in the form. Just say, I've just given my life to Christ. And say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Amen. Praise God. Now, how many of you are ready to dive into this thing? The Bible says we've got the same spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we have spoken. So when you believe, the ultimate result is that you speak. Who's ready to make some dangerous confessions? I have heard of dangerous prayers, so maybe that was a dangerous confession. Stand to your feet and say after me. Done. Offering baskets must be ready. Eh? Say, in the name of Jesus, I believe God's word. Say, in the name of Jesus, I believe the benefits that come with God. And I believe in divine health. Say, in the name of Jesus, I believe what I've read about Abraham about Enoch, about Moses, and about the entire nation that was preserved. And now, in the name of Jesus, 
I speak over my body and I command it to align to the word of God. Whatever needs to be recreated, be recreated in the name of Jesus. Whatever needs to be eliminated, be eliminated in the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus, as I grow older, even my faith gets stronger. Say even my body gets stronger. Say in the name of Jesus, my blood pressure is normal. I will never be destabilized. Say in the name of Jesus, my sugar levels are normal. Say in the name of Jesus, my eyesight is sharp. In the name of Jesus. Say, I will not be a victim of accidents. Say, I'm not a victim of unfortunate situations. Say, I'm not a victim of any pandemic. A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. It shall not come near me. Hey! Now I bless you all in Jesus' name. And if anyone has any challenge with their body, I decree in the name of Jesus the power of God to manifest strongly. It's no longer about managing symptoms. I declare be healed. Be healed. Somebody receives the healing now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, it is done. Let us give our offerings. There is no one like you. Give your offerings, please, Jesus. There is no one like you. In all the I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.